The future of our country depends on the Christian training of young people. Isn't that a good quote? The future of our country depends on the Christian training of young people. Who do you think said that? Sounds like something maybe Dr. Dobson might say, right? Maybe James Dobson, maybe Josh McDowell. Uh, I certainly believe it. But the one who said that, the one to whom that quote is attributed, is George Washington, our first president more than two centuries ago. Hi, Alex McFarland here. Welcome to the American Family Radio Network. What an honor to be with you. And oh my goodness, my heart is just brimming with uh, joy for a couple of reasons. For one, every morning this week at this time, I've been able to be with you and share some biblical worldview and uh, some of the news of the day, some of the uh, things going on in our nation and world from a biblical perspective. And we visited with some really notable Christian thinkers last weekend, this week, and I would invite you to visit AFR.net, as in AmericanFamilyRadio.net. You can uh, go over all the shows that we've done, and you can listen to other archive shows. There's such good programming just all day long. Sandy Rios in the morning, today's issues. By the way, my colleague, if you know our afternoon show, which is called Exploring the Word, which is heard every day, 3 to 4 Central Time, 4 to 5 Eastern, and everywhere all over America. But my co-host, Bert Harper, and he is also my co-author of our best-selling book that came out October 12th, 100 Bible Questions and Answers. Um, I give God the glory for that. We had a uh, hundred questions from Exploring the Word listeners, but Bert will be on today's issues later this morning if you want to uh, listen in to Tim Wildman and Walker and Ed Vitagliano and Fred Jackson from One News Now, and they have so much really, really substantive content, but Bert will be on today's issues. But all of that from Exploring the Word, Airing the Addisons, Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, all the great AFR programming is archived, and you can listen and share at AFR.net. But, um, you know, I speak to youth a lot, and in fact, last night I had the privilege in Wilmington, North Carolina. Wilmington, I was here to speak to um, uh, Life Care Pregnancy Center, and it, it was great. There were 325 or 30 people there, and among other things, I was talking with people about the state of youth, and a lot of people had questions about young people and their values, and I wanted to bring on a special guest, John Paul Moody. He uh, leads a great ministry in the state of Tennessee called Covenant Ranch Camp, and uh, I want to talk about youth a little bit, especially young boys, because this is just amazing. Uh, The statistics talk about, and look, Boys and girls are important, young adult males, young adult females. But so much of our nation, whether it's education and literacy rates and graduating high school and uh, political viewpoints, crime and illegal activity, uh, another thing sociologists measure, future expectations and values. A survey that came out just about three months ago about the, the core values of American teenagers, uh, how many have a plan to be successful in a career, how many plan to go to college, get an education, Uh, how many plan to be religious as an adult. Very interesting measuring uh, demographics. And do you know what? Sociologists, not just preachers or youth ministers or 
Dr. Dobson or myself, uh, so many sociologists are saying the future of the country in large measure uh, depends on how we raise up boys. Isn't that something? Now, of course, the Word of God has a lot to say about this, but even demographers and those that keep statistics, um, they're saying, look, uh, tomorrow is going to be shaped by how we raise our boys, because boys become men. And uh, show me the state of your men, and we'll know a lot about the state of your country. Well, to uh, weigh in on this is a, a trusted friend and colleague, John Paul Moody of Covenant Ranch, because they do a lot of things throughout the year to impact the lives of, of all ages and all people, but especially fathers and sons. And uh, uh, John Paul Moody, are you there, my friend? I am. Good morning, Brother Alex. Well, good morning. And uh, how are things on this springtime morning in the beautiful state of Tennessee? Oh, it's nice and cool this morning, but it's uh, it's beautiful with all the uh, daffodils and uh, Bradford pears and red buds look like they're starting to bloom. I love this time of year. Grass is growing. I have to start mowing here before long, but yeah, part yeah. Of it. Well, exactly. Well, I want to say thanks for making some time to visit with us a little bit this morning. And Thank you, like Brad. myself, uh, you care a lot about teenagers, don't you? I do. Yes, sir. Especially yeah. Well, give us a little background, brief background on yourself and also on Covenant Ranch, and then I want to, I want to talk about what you're seeing in the lives of young people. But uh, bring us up to speed on your bio, my friend. Well, it's not much, Brother Alex. I'm just a regular old country boy here that uh, loves the Lord, came to know Christ when I was seven years old in a very godly home, and i uh, just been raised around the church and ministry for long time felt the lord i worked at a christian camp when i was started working at a christian camp up in east tennessee whenever i was 13 years old i worked there for 12 summers and god kind of shaped me molded me and prepared me for uh a lifetime of, of that of ministry to young people and uh um if you were to ask me whenever i was about 13 14 years old what i wanted to do when i grew up i would have told you i wanted to run a christian camp and then that's what i'm doing Amen. now i surrendered to the Lord when I was 16, to just be in some type of full-time service or a service of some kind to him. Didn't know exactly what that was going to look like, uh, but the uh, uh, Lord has used us some talents and gifts that he's given me and opened some doors, and, and here we are at Covenant Ranch, man. We've been here for, uh, this will be my 16th, uh, 16th summer to be here, and just wow. trying to impact some lives of uh, young men, young young women, a few uh, as well, but... Uh, Yes, sir. So that's uh, that's a little bit about me. Um, and right, and I'll, I'll, go ahead. hey, by the by the way, while we're at it, uh, does Covenant Ranch have a website? Yes, sir. You can go to covenantranch.net, uh, or you can go to sunriseadventures.com. Takes you to the same same place. Sunrise is spelled S-O-N. Sunriseadventures.com. Oh yeah. Yes. Well, you know what? I was thinking about Christian camps. We've been so blessed in all of our events around the the country that, um, you know, I I know that in um, Mississippi, goodness, there's a a White Oak Christian camp that I've spoken at that is just so wonderful. And uh, we've got some friends that, that run that camp. And then, of course, in North Carolina, there's several like Camp Kale, which is down on the coast. And then 
um, uh, our own ministry, Truth for a New Generation, we've rented a camp called The Refuge, which is right outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, and I'm going to be there July 17th through 22nd. Uh, unashamed, teaching. right? Unashamed, that's right. Building your biblical worldview. Our, our youth from our uh, local church here are going to be going up there this summer. Praise the Lord, sure yeah. That. Uh, exactly. Well, thanks, man. Thanks. But Covenant Ranch is one of those. And let me just say, and just like you've done, a very valid type of ministry is camping ministry. I mean, um, it is. I, I think there's a like an association of Christian camps throughout America, isn't it, probably? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, there is. There's an association that you can join be members of. But uh, a kid will never forget his week of camp. His whole life, you know, Amen. If, if any of you listeners have ever been to church camp, you can look back and, and you'll never, doesn't matter how old you get, you'll always remember your week of, of camp at, at church camp. And it impacts lives. God just seems to be able to to work. Uh, yeah, I mean, he speaks all the time. But when you're at church camp and you're away from those influences and you're just in those godly, uh, spirit-filled places, the Lord just seems to really be able to do do a great work and and that's what we uh, strive to do here at Covenant Ranch. Uh, we host camps in the summertime called Sunrise Adventures Youth Sportsman and Bowhunter Camps. We kind of cater to young men who like uh, hunting and fishing in the outdoors. And But uh, not everybody who comes in here are experienced. You know, most of them, about half and half, have maybe not even been hunting before, but yet they, they enjoy what we're doing. I, I have a feeling you'll find that young men have been created uh, to, to be uh, – looking for adventure, you know, and do, right. trying new things. Right. And uh, and you stick a bow in their hand and a fistful of arrows, and you're going to see a young man who maybe gives you some problems in school with uh, behavior, but you get them out here on an archery range or on a trap range, and they are doing what they were created to do. And They, uh, they light it's up. It's really amazing. They really do. It's amazing. And, hey, uh, and by the way, folks, if you're just tuning in, I, I'm thinking about uh, the camp experiences that I've had, and, and uh, John, you're right. Young people never forget a week at camp. Our our camps, which we've been doing for like 24 years, uh, partly because I love to teach Christian worldview and the gospel to young people, John, but partly because I myself, I love to hike in the woods. I love to do the ropes course myself. I'm 58, right. and I still... I still do all the the stuff, you know. I'm probably showing more than I need to show, but I I can I love to do the rock climbing and all that dangerous stuff. Yes, but here's the thing: like the last camp we did, we had 87 youth uh, and I don't know 20 chaperones. But uh, guess how many made a decision for Christ? Either either they accepted Christ and got saved, or they made a commitment to read their Bible or a commitment right. to lead something at their school, 87 out of 87. And to this yes. day, like if I'm on the road and I, I'm at a church, somebody will come up, and now now they're in their 20s, and they'll say, Mr. McFarland, you remember me 10 years ago, we were down in Georgia, and we had the camp, and don't you remember the ropes course, and we had the campfire, and we sang praise songs, and we had an altar call, and John, you are right. They never forget, because there's there's just something about unplugging, getting away from a screen, getting yes, off of the phone, and getting out there and riding a horse or shooting a bow and arrow or catching a fish, and kayaking, we get out, 
yes, kayak and you can hear from the Lord. That's right. Yes, sir. And and then when you're in just the environment of of men and individuals who are just in love with Jesus constantly, you know, I mean, it's it's life changing. It really is. Yeah. Well, um, you've got something coming up because um, you know, John, I open up the um show talking about the stats about young men and obviously folks the number one thing to impart to a young person is a relationship with jesus how to be a christian but we there's also just basic life skills i saw in florida folks florida uh is passing a law that in public schools they have to teach a class on public fi- on personal finance just what are the basics of how to manage a checkbook and things like that? Well, um, boys need to learn things about respect and self-control and morals. And and John, you've got something coming up. Is it what's the name of it? The the Boys to Men Weekend or That's right. What? Yes, sir. Boys to Men Weekend, and um, it's a it's a it's a very unique. Uh, weekend, very unique ministry. We we started this last year. We did this weekend, and it was just phenomenal. Um, it's it's kind of geared almost a ministry more to the to the dad than it is to the to the son. Um, and it's it's geared around um, having that conversation uh, with your son about uh, about the birds and the bees, and the, having the, the the sex talk. And um, right. That's what it's for. I mean, for a dad, and I, I'm a I'm a dad. Got a father. I'm a father to amazing young men, and to have that, obviously, the most important conversation you can have with your son is leading them to Jesus. And I think after that is is this conversation, the one that's the, that's the dreaded sex talk, <laughs> and that's what it's all about. It's helping dads connect with their son and have that talk with. Them. But but having that talk from a biblical perspective and exactly. helping a young man exactly. understand. Uh, God's plan for morals and self-control and marriage and, yes, sexual activity, as the Bible uh, puts parameters around that. Hey, can you hang on? We've got a brief break, John Paul, and we're going to come back. We're talking about um, not only John Paul Moody, leader of Covenant Ranch, we're just talking about what we're doing as men of God to raise up the next generation of Christian young men for our country and for the church. And so, folks, stay tuned. This is the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland. We're going to be right back with a lot more after this. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. I know we're all praying for Ukraine, and Eastern Europe is a part of the world where Bible League has a very strong presence. In nearby Albania, Pastor Ephraim is preaching away one Sunday. There's a ruckus at the door. Who is it? Twenty militant Muslims. They storm the pulpit, drag this man down the aisle. His family, many in the church who are new converts, are just horrified. They take this man to the front lawn where they beat him nearly to death. You know what his crime is? Very simply, that he has been patiently and winsomely sharing Christ with Muslims and atheists and they are coming to place their faith in Jesus Christ. But the leaders in those uh, movements are not happy. You know when I ask him, how can we pray for you, brother? He did not say, pray for an end to our suffering. He says, pray that we'll see those around us as the mission field and more will come to Christ. $5 sends a Bible, $100 sends 20 to Eastern Europe today. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD. 800 yes word or give it sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. 
org. You'll hear people in the news, pundits, thinkers, people that will make you really consider the issues from a different perspective. Sandy Rios in the morning. You can also expect some really great talk. We will disagree, we will argue, and we will come to some sort of a conclusion, but all of it sort of pointing toward what God's view of the news is. Start your day informed with Sandy Rios in the morning, weekdays at 7 Central on American Family Radio. Are you in need of hope, encouragement, and the love of God? I'm Pastor Salem. I'd like to invite you to join us for the Christian Worship Hour. For decades, I've been teaching the Word of God so that people everywhere can experience the love and power of a personal relationship with our Lord. Tune into this station this weekend and prepare to be blessed and encouraged by another life-changing message. Learn more about our program at ChristianWorshipHour.com. Hi folks, my name is Seth Udinsky. I'm the producer for Financial Issues with Dan Celia. As Dan recovers in the hospital, the team at FISM would like to invite you to join us in prayer and fasting for Dan's healing. And folks, this idea of prayer and fasting can sometimes be a little bit of a scary thing for Christians, especially the whole concept of fasting. Obviously, you could certainly fast from food, but you can also fast in other ways as well. You know, the purpose of fasting is really for us to orient our hearts around God and to focus on the fact that we need him. This Wednesday, March the 23rd, we will be praying for healing over Dan's body. And on Thursday, March the 24th, we will be praying specifically for the doctors and nurses caring for Dan. On Friday, March the 25th, we will pray for comfort for Dan's family. Join us, folks, as we pray and fast for Dan. And for more information about Dan's road to recovery and how you can pray specifically for him, go to FISM.tv forward slash pray and fast. Welcome back to the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland here. So glad you're with us this morning. We're talking about something that's always been very near and dear to my heart, and that's young people and passing the faith on. Not Well, not only the gospel, but reaching teens and talking to children and teens about just life and America. And uh, that, look, America is good. America was formed godly. America is worth caring about. And so we're talking with John Paul Moody of Covenant Ranch Camp, and they have programs throughout the year. Uh, and one, one thing that's coming up pretty quickly at the Covenant Ranch, uh, one of their programs, I believe it's, what is it, April 15 and 16, it's right. the Boys to Men Weekend. Um, you know, um, John Paul Moody of Covenant Ranch, um, I was in a, a roundtable of Oh, I don't know. I'm going to say this was 10 years ago. But they were talking about the fact that in America's prisons, uh, the smallest ethnicity of any prison group in America were are, are Jewish males. And so I was in this group of, of people, and there were Christian and non-Christian um, agencies represented. But here's the thing. Why of any ethnicity... The least likely ethnic demographic to wind up in prison are are Jewish males. So they were trying to figure out why this was. Now, folks, listen to this. It's pretty amazing, I think. Um, Because here's the thing. As a child uh, reaches, you know, late childhood, pre-adolescence, then the teen years kick in, adolescence. And, you know, uh, boys are, are, they're, 
generally rowdy, active. They're trying to find out who they are, you know, and what they're good at, what their skill set is. Well, sometimes, and fatherlessness is a huge part of this, you know, boys do things that are very can be destructive, and there's, you know, gang involvement and pushing the boundaries. But here is why they discovered that it is just almost not even measurable, like less than 1% of the prison population ever are Jewish males, because there is a moment where a boy becomes a man. You know, in in the Jewish culture, they have the, the bar mitzvah and the bat mitzvah, and there's not only the father, but the community uh, comes around and puts a blessing and prays and says, you know, we acknowledge you're a young man now. And, of course, the Word of God says, when I was a child, I thought like a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. But there is this sense that, um, okay, now you're a young man. You're not a boy. You're not a, you're not a child anymore. You're a young man. You're an adult. And we're going to uh, acknowledge you as such. We're going to put a blessing on you, pray over you. And they said that e- even though there, there is divorce in the Jewish community, but there's this milestone where the community comes around and recognizes that the boy is now a man. And there's just something about that that causes the, the young man to act less like a child and more like a grown-up. Now, John Paul Moody of Covenant Ranch, um, here in Christianity— uh, Protestantism and uh, the church. I mean, don't we need to do that and sort of have this almost blessing ceremony, especially for the fact that so many young boys, they don't have a daddy in the home. But uh, can't the church come along and through experiences like what you do at Covenant Ranch, sort of help the boy say, okay, now you're a young man and we're going to pray for you, we're in your corner, but we're going to expect you to act like a young man. I mean, could we do a similar sort of blessing experience? Oh, I agree 100%, and that is definitely one thing we do at this weekend, is we give the father and their son a chance to to get alone and do a, a prayer walk together and pray together, encourage each other, have that conversation, and then um, we come back together and we we give the young men a really nice kind of a rite of passage type of a, a case, yes. a case pocket knife, you know, you know, and just uh, the dad gives their gives their son this case pocket knife, you know, when they're on this talk, and it's just kind of a thing. It's kind of passing passing the torch, you know, um, to, wow. to this young man. You know, son, I'm here for you. You're about to enter into the uh, growing into the. the the man you're going to become, and um, I'm here for you. I'm in your corner, and uh, let's do this thing together. Um, and with with God's help, you know we can we can do this. Stay stay pure, and um, yeah. So that's kind of what this weekend's all about. Oh, uh, that is really good. To do that. That's the word that I was looking for. Rite of passage. Right. Yes, because it gives a sense of place, a sense of context, and frankly, a sense of identity, doesn't it? That's right. Yes, sir. Very important. So, so for those and listen, um, I've I've been to Covenant Ranch. It's beautiful. I know where uh, Paris, Tennessee, and Central Tennessee is. It's beautiful any time of year, but uh, April fifteen and sixteen, it'll be just like paradise to you. 
Um, oh, yes. For, for people that wanted to come or learn more about the, the ranch, um, the camp's ministries and all, where, where could they go, John? Yeah, they can uh, go to our Facebook page, of course. We're on Facebook at Covenant Ranch. You can go to our website, covenantranch.net. Um, you can uh, call me, 731-642-2099. I'd be glad to talk to you about the weekend. It's, uh, it's a very unique weekend. Not only are the boys going to be learning those, uh, having that conversation that us as dads is kind of dread and the just to get started sometime, it's uncomfortable, you know, to, to have mm-hmm. to start that talk. And in fact, I'd say probably 90% of, of men and dads never even have that conversation with their son. They say, well, the school will take care of that. You know, they're going to learn oh my gosh. In, the, in the boys' locker room or whatnot. But that's not their responsibility. It's the responsibility of the dad. And that's what we want to help the dads do is partner with them, come alongside them, give them some tools and and we're going to have this conversation. We're going to have a special guest. His name is Dr. Howard Curlin. He's a obstetrician and gynecology a doctor at Vanderbilt. He will be here and leading us in those graphic uh, con- mm. conversations and very, you know, very detailed. And uh, but then we'll also have speakers, myself and uh, some others, who will be talking about purity and dating and the dangers of pornography, yes. and social media, dangers of, of uh, peer pressure. And, and just how to have a, a God-honoring relationship with the opposite sex. And um, it's going to be a great weekend. And we'll be doing also some, like you, you mentioned earlier, just some life skills stuff, too, talking to kids how to check the oil on the engine, how to change a flat tire, uh, how to grill a steak. Um, have you ever... Oh, now uh, that's something I need yeah, to learn, yeah, John. Yeah, come on. Yes, sir. But, uh, hey, let, let me throw something weekend. in here, too. Um, if you're If you're listening and you say, well... You know, um, my son or daughter is not ready for a, a facts of life talk. John, I was just reading this week that by 11 years old, because we're living in the age of the Internet, the mobile device, smartphone, we're just surrounded by media. Now listen to this, folks. By 11 years old, uh, teenage boys or preteen boys at 11, they are regularly being exposed to pornographic material. And sometimes it's just on, you know, I, I mean, listen, I was in a public library and I saw things on computer screens there. People were looking at just horrid, inappropriate things. But listen, by 11 years old, by age 20, um, this one study I was reading this week said that 90% of American males are struggling with porn addiction. So believe me, your 11-year-old boy is getting exposed to more than you might realize. And so we can't just ignore, and heaven forbid, listen, John, I I have dealt with um, parents very upset in school systems where uh, contraceptives were being handed out to middle schoolers, and many parents that wanted to uh, have a facts of life talk with their kids when they felt it was right the the secular voices in the public schools kind of beat them to the punch this is not right. everywhere but in some areas so uh if I you think, think you're you remember a, a book a long time ago uh, a point man steve farrar wrote that book do you remember that you ever to, read that book? to be honest i don't i don't recall okay. anyway i've done a, i've done that study a couple times and I, and this is an old book. I'm talking about probably back in the early 90s or something, maybe even before that. But the, he he said that the father needs to have this talk with their son by the time they're 10 years old. 
Yeah. Um, you know, maybe not in great detail, but at least start the conversation. Uh, and, um, I mean, and, and especially, let, let me say this, and we're going to have to pull away, John, but yes. because our culture is so inundated with um, misinformation, uh, you know, about, about sex, about gender, um, do, do, you know, uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, who's being um, vetted out possibly for the Supreme Court. I mean, she she wouldn't or couldn't define what a woman is this week. You may have yeah. seen that in the news. She's not a biologist, is what she said. A, a, exactly. On. My goodness, I've been to developing nations in third world countries. People that live in mud huts with grass roofs can tell you what a woman is. Yes. And so they just I mean, denying it. Exactly. So we're in a culture where the church and every parent must lead out to raise godly kids, but well-informed kids, and kids that are committed to that which is factually true and that which is morally true. Well, listen, unless you and I visit again soon, we will be praying, and I want to encourage people, the Boys to Men weekend, April 15, 16 at Covenant Ranch. Folks, keep it in prayer. And... uh I just applaud the great work you're doing, my friend. Hey, we praise the Lord. It's a, it's an honor, and uh, we just uh, we just let God do do it, and we get out of the way, and just uh, let Him take control. Amen. Well, I, let's you and I do an event real soon, and uh, Sounds folks, great if you, thank you, John John Paul Moody. Uh, listen, this is American Family Radio. Alex McFarland here. So honored that you're listening. We're going to change gears a little bit. We've got another guest uh, with whom we will speak. Uh, Drew Clark, a Republican congressional candidate who is a constitutionalist, and uh, we're going to talk in just a moment. But I want to remind you, I wrote a book called The Assault on America, How to Defend Our Nation Before It's Too Late, and I talk about our Constitution. And by the way, another book that I wrote called Ten Issues That Divide Christians, um, I, I talk about what's called American exceptionalism. What makes America different? If you uh, Google my name on any of the sites that sell books, and I, I would encourage you to su- support your local Christian bookseller if if you can. But listen, folks, um, whether it's my Assault on America book, 10 Issues book, the, uh, the 100 Questions, we have got to help people understand what is unique about this nation and what, what made us great. And uh, with Drew... Clark, uh, right now, uh, part of his bio says, a liberty-focused, constitutionally-backed, Second Amendment-loving entrepreneur grounded in the Christian faith. Dr. Drew Montez Clark, thanks for holding, and welcome to the American Family Radio Network. Well, thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on, and I look forward to some stimulating, objective conversation. A- exactly, exactly. Well, um, Our nation, I mean, there's so much we could say about America, but I feel like one of the most important things about America that, that, like, nobody is talking about is that the country, from the the Declaration to the Bill of Rights, it assumes certain moral truths. Uh, I mean, uh, and it's like we've abolished all moral boundaries— and even professed conservatives, you know, uh, uh, candidates that are, you know, 
we often talk about rhinos, Republican in name only, but that they a lot a lot of times they don't have the willingness to speak out for moral boundaries. Our abandonment of morality, uh, Dr. Drew Clark, does it endanger our freedoms and our Constitution? Uh, 100%. I mean, our forefathers were really explicit in stating that our Constitution, our way of life, you know, is for a moral and religious society. So if we throw morality and we throw faith out of the window, you know, the people who crafted uh, our Constitution have warned us um, that what we've created becomes null and void, which means the American dream goes away. So the basis of what we have to to, to remember uh, is that one of the things that makes America great is this concept that there is there is a God, there is there is a supreme being that is beyond our government, um, and if we neglect to acknowledge that, then that um, relinquishes us to more of like what socialist countries and communist countries are like, because the government of the state becomes God, um, and when we when we acknowledge the fact that there is a supreme being, there is a God beyond our government, um, then we begin to also understand and grasp that our rights don't come from our government, they're God-given, uh, which also then means that the government cannot take that which they did not give. I mean, these are fundamental premises uh, that we are not can't legitimately take. why we're seeing. Yeah, 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 legitimately take, I should say. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, Everything that we do has to has to be built upon that framework. Uh, absolutely, and you know, um, and, and I'm so honored to have you on, and I, I applaud you for running for office and trying to serve our our country this way. By the way, uh, uh, folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Dr. Drew Montez Clark. Uh, what's your website? Uh, my website is just my name. It's drewmontezclark.com. Uh, that's D-R-E-W-M-O-N-T-E-Z Clark without an E dot com. Well, um, what we've got a break, and so we can't unpack this fully. But I want—can you hang on through this break? Because there's just so much I want to speak with you about. Um, what led you to run for office, my friend? Well, to be honest, this was not on my uh, my bucket list or anything of that nature. But I felt called to this space, and I can explain that a little bit. I'll stay on with you for a bit too. Well, good. Thank you very much, folks. Do you know what, friend, you can make a difference, just like uh, Dr. Drew Clark is running for office. You can pray for America. You can influence your friends. Maybe you are led at some point to run for office. You know, Karis Bible College, where I teach, has a school of practical government, and you can learn how to run for office successfully. And I pray that God will raise up Christian constitutional leaders. Well, stay tuned. We're going to come back right after this. Don't go away. What we believe about the Bible is based on what we believe about its source. The God Who Speaks, the award-winning documentary from the American Family Association, is now available in a special limited edition DVD set. This release includes a Sunday school curriculum and two hours of additional footage. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to get your copy today. Thegodwhospeaks.org. 
What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God, and our role is that of a trusted manager. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan, double MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Hi, folks. My name is Seth Udinsky. I'm the producer for Financial Issues with Dan Celia. As Dan recovers in the hospital, the team at FISM would like to invite you to join us in prayer and fasting for Dan's healing. And folks, this idea of prayer and fasting can sometimes be a little bit of a scary thing for Christians, especially the whole concept of fasting. Obviously, you could certainly fast from food, but you can also fast in other ways as well. You know, the purpose of fasting is really for us to orient our hearts around God and to focus on the fact that we need him. This Wednesday, March the 23rd, we will be praying for healing over Dan's body. And on Thursday, March the 24th, we will be praying specifically for the doctors and nurses caring for Dan. On Friday, March the 25th, we will pray for comfort for Dan's family. Join us, folks, as we pray and fast for Dan. And for more information about Dan's road to recovery and how you can pray specifically for him, go to FISM.tv forward slash pray and fast. You know, I opened that show with uh, the George Washington quote, the future of our country depends on the Christian training of young people. And you know what? That's true. But it also depends just on training our young people about what America is. We're talking with uh, Dr. Drew Montez-Clark. He's running for office. Uh, It says, we need to ensure that faith remains a cornerstone of American patriotism while emphasizing America first policies. Brother, you lay out something that uh, I'm glad it, it's important to you as a candidate, but I wish it were important to every American. I see 10 pillars here. America first, pro-God, pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, pro-parental rights. My goodness, what an endangered sentiment there. Pro-Israel, pro-Trump, <laughs> pro-veterans, pro-agriculture, pro-Constitution. So uh, these are kind of your your 10 pillars of, of uh things that you stand for. How did, did did it take a while in your adult life, uh, Dr. Clark, to kind of come to these realizations? Um, You know, these are, what what happened with me is these are realizations um, that in large part I already had, but um, 
what happened with me is now realizing that the things that I believed in, the things that we taught within our family structure, we realized were things that we needed to share with the world. Um, so now it, it, we became a point where it's like, well, if I have these truths um, that I believe are pillars or cornerstones of why, of what we need to do to bring America to greatness and really realize the dream. I don't like to use past tense and say restore America, but I think we're in a situation where we're still seeking to realize the true dream that our forefathers crafted um, that I know God has for, for this nation. Um, so there's a refining process that's happened. And um, I think now um, the world is ready to hear that, uh, and people are open to hear exactly what we need to do to get things back on track and kind of realize, realize the dream that is America. Do I hear a young patriot in your arms there, brother? <laughs> <laughs> you surely do. I have four, four daughters, uh, so if, I, if you could see me, I do not have any hair on my head, and I attribute that to, uh, <laughs> to the women in my household. Um, so, yeah, we have a six-month-old, and um, I'm on daddy duty uh, at the current Amen. moment. Uh, but we tell people that... Uh, if uh, our kids and family go with us everywhere, because that's, that's one of the things that allows us to fight and push so much. Um, but we want to expose them to the truth also. Well, a amen. Liz, I think that's wonderful. And uh, Alex McFarland here, folks, the American Family Radio Network. Um, you know what? Uh, w when I hear you talk, uh, you're talking about principles. You know, um, the, the GOP infested with rhinos. You know, I think about this. Last night I spoke at a pro-life uh, dinner, or gathering, rather, and I think about how, you know, how unthinkable it is that for, you know, five decades, um, our country that's predicated on all people have these rights from God, the, the most primary foundational right is the right to life. You and I, earlier in the program, we said that the government can't take these rights away. Now, the government surely can, but not legitimately so. The government can infringe on your life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. The government can confiscate your earnings and redistribute them in Marxist fashion. The government can take away your right to self-defense, but not legitimately so. Whenever the government takes away your natural God-given rights, that's called injustice. And so, uh, Dr. Clark, uh, when we use the word rhino, I mean, we've, we've had five decades of good elected officials that could have defended our constitutional rights. Some have. Some have tried. But... Um, how can it be, uh, and, and I want your opinion on what the solution is, that, you know, millions of dollars have been raised, you know, good, good leaders have crossed the stage of, of American politics, and yet I would say our, our, our Judeo-Christian representative republic is weaker than ever, more in jeopardy than ever. Um, is there a solution to how we can restore the America that our predecessors fought and died for? I, I think there is, and it comes with the realization of, uh, of people understanding that our forefathers and the, the way that they did crafted the Constitution, the power always did and always will or always should be, should rest with the people. 
Um, and in large part, I think there, we have forgotten that for a variety of different reasons, and we can get into the educational system and things of that nature, too, as to why now there is um, fundamentally an uninformed electorate that does not realize that their, the power to do this and the power to hold our elected officials accountable rests with us. But that is powerless if we don't learn to wield that power. Um, so that, that, that first and foremost is what we have to, have to understand. And then secondarily, uh, we talk partisanship, but the issue is beyond partisanship. I tell people all the time that I'm a patriot first who identifies as a Republican, and I word it that way for an intentional reason. And that is because um, I look to God and country first. That means I look to Scripture and I look to the Constitution first, and then I align myself with the party who puts those two things uh, first. And I believe that to be the Republican Party as a whole, they're the closest thing to that, but it keeps me objective. So I don't view the world, I definitely don't view the world through Democratic lenses, and I don't view the world through Republican lens, because that would prevent me from being objective, and I would come from a place of dogma. Um, and I think that's the fundamental basis that's supposed to unite this entire country. Yes, we are a country founded on Judeo-Christian values, so the thing that makes me different now is, is, is the thing that should uh, unite us all, and that is, if you want to understand where I stand on policy, dive into Scripture and read and study the Constitution. That should let you know uh, a baseline of where I'm going with every decision that I make. So mm -hmm. when people begin to realize that and understand that there are people on both sides of the aisle who are not really concerned with representing them, but their concern is to maintain their power structure, maintain their status quo, then you'll begin to understand why there's been so much inaction for so long. Oh, wow. Well, well said. And, and let me just say this, too, that, um, you know, we talk about uh, our liberties and the uninformed electorate. You know, folks, you've got to understand that many of the progressives, that and they're in education, they're certainly in politics, many of uh, them are, you know, in like liberal think tanks that uh, have never worked private sector jobs, they want the electorate uninformed. I mean, uh, and certainly in, in the ideological journalism uh, like CNN and MSNBC, I mean, they, they don't want, they don't want patriots who know what's going on and know what our recourse is to vote, to run for office ourselves. So, uh, uh, you know, that old saying, uh, ignorance is not bliss. Uh, the Bible says, um, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Uh, an uninformed elect electorate jeopardizes our our nation, doesn't it? It 100% does. You know, I was having a conversation with, um, I think she was 13 or 14 the other day. We had a meeting, and um, the, other, the other couple had to bring their daughter with them. But I was having this I was having this conversation with her, and she was telling me about a class that she had. And I don't remember the name of the class explicitly, but I began to ask her, you know, what is this class? It sounds like, is this world history? She said, no, it's not world history. What they do is current events. And I began to look back at the current events class that, you know, that I had growing up. It's like, okay, go home, find a newspaper clipping, uh, you know, that your parents had, you have in your home, and, and write an article about what you're exposed to. But now it's very different in that they're only exposing them to, to one narrative. 
You know, they were yes. only playing clips of CNN and having them write based upon what is being spewed from one narrative. And I'm like, well, this is conditioning. Uh, they're not exposing them to all narratives and letting, and, you know, and kind of having an objective view and conversation of it. They're choosing to indoctrinate children in one direction for one narrative, and it, and it puts a damper on critical thought and understanding how this system works and what we need to do to, to um, nurture it. Well, and, you know, also we need elected officials that when we send people to our state capitol or send people to Washington, D.C., we need uh, conservative constitutionalists that the voters can depend on will vote uh, in the best interest of America and the views of the constituents. Uh, Dr. Clark, do, do you think sometimes there's voter apathy because time and again we've elected people and they say, oh, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-family, I'm pro-America, I'm pro-free market economy, I'm pro-Israel, uh, responsible immigration, uh, national defense, and but they go to Washington and and they turn into something that we don't even recognize. Do you think there's voter apathy because so often, not always, but so often the people that we get behind that they don't fulfill their campaign promises? One hundred percent. I I believe that to to be a real thing. Uh, the only thing that I'll say, you know, and and to counter that is. The fact that what we peddle on the left and the right at this particular point uh, is um, victimhood, right? So that there's an attachment of, of apathy to, to that being victimized by our constitutional republic, uh, when in actuality, uh, if we all realize that we all can do more, yes, it starts with supporting that official, but it doesn't end there. And what that means is, is if that official does not uh, keep their promises, then we have an obligation then to, to hold them accountable to that. And if you take the offices like Congress, like it is for me, that is one of the reasons why our forefathers crafted it to only be two-year term. All right, so there's only two years, and then you get a complete flip. So the question now becomes is why do these people get elected? They renege on their campaign promises, and then we allow them to stay in office for 5, 6, 7, 10, 15, 20 years before we make a change. We, the people, have the power to make that change in short order if someone doesn't live up to the standard um, that, that they set for themselves. Um, but So the real issue is, is why do we stop at supporting them short of accountability? That's a great question. It's a great question. Uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Dr. Drew Montes-Clark, who's running. Um, uh, you were running for, for Congress from Florida, right? Yes, that is correct. I'm running for Congress um, and uh, District 20. And and uh, District 20. And uh, now, forgive my ignorance here. Are, are you part of a primary or are you the candidate? At this particular point, there are no other uh, Republican challengers. Um, so right now we're just facing, a, a, you know, a general and yeah. uh, I am currently in a, a deep blue district. And, Are you? and the reason being, it, it, yes, sir, the reason being, the reason being is that um, I think we have to stop taking a hands-off approach to right. some of the population-dense areas that have been fed liberal ideology for a long time. 
Well, if we continue well, and, taking a hands-off approach to them, we can never shift anything. And and you are a Christian, and you're a constitutionalist, right? That would be a resounding yes. Amen. And you know what? Again, I want to say it. Just I I, I smile, my friend. I think it's wonderful that you've got one of your children that's chiming in on this radio interview. That that I mean, what could be more godly and American than? Uh, you know, Daddy is looking after the the baby daughter, and you're planning to try to serve our country. I just think that's wonderful. But I, I've got here's the thing um, on your um, info page, and folks, you, you got to know these things. Listen to this: um, uh, Biden threatened to withhold dollars from the Ukraine if they didn't fire the person who was investigating Hunter Biden for corruption, and now Russia is claiming wrongdoing. I mean, my goodness. Talk about conflict of interest. Talk about corruption. Um, making support for the Ukraine contingent on the elimination of someone who had been investigating Hunter Biden. I mean, that that's just one thing of dozens we could point out. But uh, You're trying to go to Washington to serve constitutionally and to rep- represent truth and uh, ethics, right? One hundred percent. And the hypocrisy that exists is one of the things that has to be addressed. Accountability is for everyone. You know, you mentioned and brought up, you know, Hunter Biden at that point. But there's even a more recent article that's come out uh, connecting a firm that Hunter Biden has partnered with or is a is a a, um, presiding officer over um, that partnered with Ukrainian researchers to isolate deadly pathogens. You know, so there's a lot of information that. Um, people withhold or doesn't come out um, uh, because it refutes an agenda. Um, And then we usually learn that in retrospect. Uh, But there's a lot of things at this particular point that we have to understand convolute what they're trying to portray. And the American people just want truth. They don't want uh, uh, an agenda from either side. They want truth. Uh, well, we'll be, we'll be praying for you. Let, let's stay in touch. I want to hear how things are going. And, uh, man, that's courageous, running for office in a deep blue district, and you're a flag-waving patriot. God bless you, Dr. Drew Clark. And, folks, Alex McFarland here. We're just about out of time. Again, our nation, like so many of our great leaders have said, yes, we have freedom, but we must preserve it, and we need God to help us do that. Thanks for listening. I'll be back on Exploring the Word, 3 p.m. Central today on the American Family Radio Network. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.